Ellis, Ellis keeping the dribble alive, going bank. Fink on the roll, able to break contained. Ellis wrapping around. Fink able to strip the first man. Ellis gets around him. Fink looking in zone. Ellis catching and scoring. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Big View Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Big Joe, coming to you with the second edition of this preseason as the NFL season uh, hopefully gets started to get started. Players have reported to training camp, taken their COVID test, and unfortunately, some have started to opt out from the season. But that's not going to stop us from having a fantasy season. Well, at least it's not going to stop us from having an auction draft this year. This is the Big View Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. You can get all your information about the leagues. We have three leagues running under Big View Sports Umbrella. You can get the information at bigviewsports.net. Uh, we used to own the bigviewsports.com uh, domain, but unfortunately I let that lapse. And when I went to repurchase it, I have recently found out that it is currently owned by someone else in Punjabi, India. So the great Kali has the BigViewSports.com domain locked in a Punjabi prison match, but that's not going to slow us down or stop us from giving you great content. So go ahead and go to BigViewSports.net, because we're nothing but net. And you can check out the league history for the Legacy League. We have all the champions up there since we started in 1999, including all the records from the uh, current era. That's 2010 and on. Uh, We have the Coast to Coast Dynasty League. You can get your records for the last four years there with the Fast Four Champions. And some information on the Chopping Block Guillotine League. We had a trial run last season and we got it up and running this year. So you can get some information on that before we get things started. You have a terrible theory. You've seen the studies. You're a terrible reporter. It's not difficult to do your research. You can't even read. One. Did you like it though? Did you double tap? All right, the quick three this week. We're going to check out three tweets that I saw, uh, giving you some information, a little insider tips from fantasy football. The first one from Heath Cummings at Heath Cummings SR. It says number one wide receivers with continuity at the quarterback head coach, and offensive coordinator with a weird training camp ahead of us and no preseason games. I think this is going to be a big deal. So he lists those wide receivers. They are Michael Thomas, Devonta Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Juju, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, and Jamison Crowder from the Jets you might forget about. So again, those are the number one wide receivers with continuity at the quarterback, head coach, and offensive coordinator. So those are the guys that have the timing down with their quarterbacks. They know the playbook. They're going to be in there week one, ready to produce right away. Not a learning curve like these rookies are going to have, but we'll talk about in a little bit. Scott Barrett at Scott Barrett DFB uh, compared Aaron Jones and David Montgomery. Aaron Jones was a fantasy league wonder last year. Helped uh, Lynette get all the way to the finals. So Scott breaks down the two running back. Opportunities inside the five yard line. Aaron Jones 15. Montgomery 15 as well. Opportunities inside the 10 yard line. Aaron Jones 23. David Montgomery 23. Obviously these are very important as you want your players in positions to get a chance to score with that in mind total touchdowns last year aaron jones 19 david montgomery 7. you can see the adp between aaron jones and david montgomery there's a wide gap right there aaron jones is a fringe back of the first second round player Um, obviously had 19 touchdowns last year he's not going to do that again this year we'll see how many he does for the packers 
But uh, David Montgomery might be a guy you want to be targeting late, especially if you're in a zero RB strategy like I'll be doing later on in the draft. And finally, the third tweet. We're going to give another free plug for 4 for 4 Fantasy Football. From 4 for 4 Scott, he tweeted out 15 tips on how to draft under the influence. Lots of you guys are going to be going out having a good time at your drafts, having a few pops. You want to make sure that you're still prepared to be successful and not be the nuisance at a party. Uh, nowhere in there does he mention drafting three quarterbacks or even four quarterbacks. But sometimes, as long as one of those four is Lamar Jackson... Things are going to pan out for you. All right, I spoke about continuity at the wide receiver position for the head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterback. Uh, that kind of leads me into the main topic today, uh, the rookie watch. I really do feel that the rookies are going to have less of an impact this season due to no preseason. Training camps are obviously not going to be what they were in the past. Uh, less timing and live action. You're not going to be able to get, uh, get that rapport with the quarterback. Uh, the quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks this year, obviously we have Joe Burrow. He's going to play. I would draft him. I wouldn't be afraid of it. He's going to have the opportunities. As long as he gets acclimated to the speed of the game, he should have a fine fantasy season. He'll throw a lot of interceptions, but he's going to get plenty of opportunities, and they'll probably be trailing in games, so he'll be passing. Tua Herbert, I'm not touching in the draft, and neither should you. If you if they're going to end up playing in weeks you know, 7, 8, 9, you can pick him up then. The running back, the four main rookie running backs, I think they all have competition in the backfield this year. Jonathan Taylor has Marlon Mack in Indianapolis. That's going to be tough to get a bunch of carries from him. J.K. Dobbins will be sitting behind Mark Ingram in Baltimore, but they do have a run-heavy offense, so he'll get a chance to get some work in. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the first-round rookie running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. I got everybody excited. He's obviously going to be involved in an offense that's a wonderful offense for fantasy football, but he still does have Damian Williams there, who did sign a big contract recently, so he's not just going away. And finally, uh, DeAndre Swift in Detroit with Kerryon Johnson. Kerryon's been pretty disappointing. Uh, he had some flashes early on in his career in Detroit, but uh, since then, seemed to have kind of fallen out. He's been injured here and there, so we'll see what kind of opportunities Swift gets. And I'm expecting even less from the rookie wide receivers. Jerry Judy, that was my guy. I was so excited about him this year. I actually traded up my whole Dynasty draft to move up from pick number 10 to pick number 4 to get him. And then J.K. Dobbins fell, and I contemplated, and I contemplated. But I went with my guy, Jerry Judy, and I'm still regretting it. But I got many years ahead of Jerry Judy, so hopefully he'll pan out. The other rookie wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, those guys are going to be late flyers, but I think it's going to be more like uh, last year we had with Terry McLaurin. We'll sit back, wait, see who explodes week one, week two, and then I'll dive to the waiver wire to get them. As far as rookie tight ends, not touching a single one. Now let's see who I will be drafting in my favorite portion of the show. It's the mock draft portion. This week we're going to be doing a zero RB strategy. Zero RB to me is where you're not targeting a running back until at least the fifth round, if not the sixth. You want to lock up top tier wide receivers, snag your tight end and probably your quarterback before you start targeting a bunch of late round running backs. So I'm going to be doing that from the fourth position this week. And here we go for one, two, three. You got the three backs off the board, McCaffrey, Elliott, Barkley. So with pick number four, I am going to go with Michael Thomas. I will take Thomas over Adams this year. So we'll get Thomas at the 104. Zip ahead to the second round. Uh, some of the top options out there, Allen Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans. I am going to go with Mike Evans. I have a lot of faith in him. Uh, in the third round, we have Ertz, Robinson, Lamar Jackson, or Amari Cooper. 
I will go with the cheat code that was Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he's not going to have as great a season as he had last year, but I still do have a lot of faith in Lamar, and I'm not super high on Zach Ertz in the third round. I do think his role is going to expand as the Eagles' wide receivers' options uh, seem to be decreasing, but still, I would avoid him for now. Uh, in the fourth round, pick 409, Gurley, Allen, Shark, Lockett. He says he's the best wide receiver in the league, and I think I took him last week as well. So let's uh, do it again this week, and we're going to snag Keenan Allen. Zip ahead here to the 504, Gordon Lockett, Tyler Boyd, or Jarvis Landry. Uh, tight end options at this time, Darren Waller, Higby, Evan Ingram, and Hunter Henry. I am going to snag Darren Waller, get that tight end locked up. I did consider Melvin Gordon, but for the sake of the zero RB argument, I wanted to make sure I had the tight end uh, before we started looking at running backs. So through five rounds, my team is Lamar Jackson, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and Darren Waller. So now is the time to start targeting those running backs. Here we are at pick 609, and I'm going to take David Montgomery. Talked about him earlier in the show, about the opportunities he had inside the 10 and 5-yard lines. Hopefully he turns that around. Jumping ahead to pick 704. Running back options are Singletary, Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, or Cam Akers. He just uh, reworked his contract this week. I have a lot of faith in uh, San Francisco to run the ball. So we're going to take Raheem Mostert at the 704. Zip ahead to the 809. We have Akers, Ronald Jones, Damon Williams, or Darius Geis. I'm going to take the starter for a high-powered offense in Damon Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs. Going ahead to the 904. You still have Jones, Geis, Jordan Howard, Matt Burita. Also available, Anthony Miller, Hayden Hurst, Mike Williams, Golden Tate. I'm going to take one more running back and then be set on backs probably for the rest of the draft. And I'm going to take a guy who's got a lot to prove this year coming off the injuries, Darius Geis. So here we are on the 10th round, and this will be my last pick. Carrion Johnson, Tevin Colon, Preston Williams, Jerry Judy, Mecole Hardman, Henry Ruggs. Round 10, I'll take my flyer on my boy, Jerry Judy, as we talked about earlier. So 10 picks, I'm going to stop right there and see uh, what the roster looks like. Quarterback, we have Lamar Jackson. Running backs, David Montgomery, Damian Williams, Darius Geis, Raheem Mostert. Wide receivers include Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and Jerry Judy. And the tight end is Darren Waller. That's the team through 10 picks. Not bad. Uh, if you want to go with the zero RB strategy, I mean, hopefully you'll get lucky and you'll get guys to fall to like David Montgomery and Damian Williams. So at least you know they'll have opportunities. Uh, I don't hate it for being zero RB. Will I do it? Probably not. Time for legacy. Coast to coast and throws it down. Who will be chopped? The legacy is here. Coast, coast to coast. You have been chopped. All right, time for the league updates. Again, go to bigviewsports.net because we're nothing but net to get uh, all the info you need on the three leagues under the Big View Sports umbrella. Those are the Legacy, the Coast to Coast Dynasty League, and this year the Chopping Block Guillotine League that's getting started. Uh, we are in the preseason, not a lot to cover for the league updates, so we're going to take a little look back in history and discuss the top three rivalries all time in the Legacy League. Uh, starting with uh, starting with number one, I mean, first and foremost, I think if you're a fan of this show, you know what the number one rivalry is in this league. 
uh, dating all the way back till its inception in 1999. It's me against G-Funk. The Ellis Fink rivalry is uh, second to none when it comes to sports. It's right up there with Texas, Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio State, and the Yankees and Red Sox. I mean, it goes beyond fantasy football. It goes to pickup football, school, girls, drinking, eating. I mean, if there's a competition to be had, uh, G-Funk and myself, we're going to compete in it. Uh, One asked for a quote on the rivalry. G-Funk said, it is the marquee rivalry, unparalleled in all of sports. And like deli ham in the back of the fridge, it just gets nastier with age. (laughs) Thank you, G-Funk, for the quote. But yeah, you could take a look at the history. I mean, the biggest thing the last few years is, uh, luckily, I've had the one-up on G-Funk. I've knocked him out of the playoffs. Uh, Most prominently, he went 13-0 in the regular season and then got all the way to the championship, ran into me, and his perfect season was no more as Heartbreak Hotel broke his heart. I mean, if you want to go back even further in time, this all started in 1999 when the league first started, and he was the original champion. But we won't talk about that anymore. And again, you can read all about this on thebigviewsports.net. Click on the Legacy tab, and you can see the history of all the past champions. Uh, Or if you click on the History button, it'll take you in to see all of our records. Uh, Since 2010, the Common Era, we call it. That's ever since we ported over to ESPN. G-Funk, 82 and 48 all time. Uh, Myself, 79 and 51. So, three wins behind. I think I'll catch him this year. Uh, The second rivalry is between two teams that faced each other in the championship in back-to-back seasons. And that's going to be the Buzzsaw, Dave McClucky, and the Duck, Ryan Mallard. Going back to... 2014 Mallard played McClucky and Mallard got the victory 2015 they met each other again in the finals and Dave was able to come out on top on that one and get his championship since then they met in the playoffs one more time and Dave was able to get the upper hand and eliminate him to get the slight edge in the rivalry when asked for a quote Mallard had this to say about his opponent and uh, sorry this might be uh Not safe for work or not safe for the kids. In most leagues, I just hope for my players and teams to do well. I don't normally root for others' misfortune. Besides McSucky. When I'm not playing against him, I want his players to get hurt. His smug, cocky, know-it-all attitude will bully others with different opinions or points of view. He's wrong 9 out of 10 times, but you'll sure hear about that one. Mick fuck him. Uh, yeah, so, uh, this rivalry, uh... You see where where it stands between these two teams. Uh, when I asked for a comment, uh, Dave said, "Is he still in the league?" I told him, "No, he's been replaced." He goes, "Yeah, fuck that guy." So, uh, unfortunately, that rivalry is dead now. At least as far as the legacy league goes, uh, that rivalry might continue in the real world for years and years to come when they bump elbows at the double olive. Uh, and the third and final rivalry, biggest rivalry in the legacy league, it's not two teams. It's one team against Draft Day, and that's going to be showing pride. Joe Stortz against Draft Day. Now, I will give it to him. Last year, he came to the draft, he catered the draft, and he won. He got that draft victory. Two years ago, he came to the draft, he had some duck food, maybe a few too many pops, and he left the draft with three quarterbacks and a roster full of holes. Two years before that, he came to the draft, he had Mark Ingram as a keeper for $8, threw him back 15 minutes later during the draft he purchased mark ingram from the auction for 22 dollars. <laughs> so uh 
Uh, when it came to that one, Joe, the draft's got two wins on you, but you got the most recent one last year. You, you were successful last year at the draft, and uh, thank you again for catering uh, after finishing last place stand-up guy that Joe starts. Good luck this year. Maybe avoid the duck food. All right, an update on the guillotine league. We are about full. I have one spot, maybe. Depends what time you're listening to this. If you're interested, hit me up. I'll see what I can do. Um, are you ready for it? It's different than most fantasy leagues. I mean, this is a week-to-week league. So when it comes to the auction, especially, the question comes down to how focused are you on just week number one? So you can go out there and you can spend a ton of money, and you can grab Christian McCaffrey, you can grab Zeke, you can get them all, but Carolina gets routed week number one and McCaffrey doesn't do anything, you're eliminated and it's over. So (laughs) you need to focus on week number one, but also keep that whole season-long strategy in mind. We'll see how it goes. 17-team auction is going to be absolutely wild, uh, very intimidating, but it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, and finally, closing thought here, uh, as the baseball season has started and continues, we hope, um, I just want to give my thoughts on all the virtual fans and the cardboard cutouts. I love it. Cardboard cutouts are hilarious. One, they should be regulated in all the stadiums. All the stadiums should have the same cardboard cutouts, not the same people, but cardboard cutouts in the same sections. So we get used to it at home on TV. It's weird when I turn on one game, you see no one behind home plate, and then you turn on another game and there's a bunch of cardboard cutouts. This gives us a little bit of regularity and normalcy so we can get used to this uh, weird situation we have going on. Virtual fans are fine. I mean, it looked kind of goofy, looked video game-ish, but we'll get used to it. I'm just more of a big fan of the cardboard cutouts. Wish I would get involved. I would absolutely purchase a few. I mean, it would be cool to see a cardboard cutout of my dad, who is uh, no longer with us, but he'd be able to be there at a game watching along, sitting next to a cardboard cutout of my son. That would be amazing to me to be able to do something like that. So I think that's really cool. All right, thank you guys for listening to the second edition of the 2020 Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you check out bigviewsports.net, because we're nothing but net, for all the league history and updates, and we'll see you next week. Cha-ching, cha-ching.